Oh, yeah, come on in. Oh, hey, Josh, how you doing? Uh, hey, uh, so, movies in a couple hours, Ant-Man and the Wasp, figured, uh, We'd sit and watch the first Ant-Man first. I got the popcorn here. Yep, yep. I got the TV all uh, all set up, uh, but um, yeah, about that. Could couldn't get a copy of Ant-Man, uh, so I figured the next best thing. Good substitute. Good substitute. Great substitute. I mean, you're a big fan of like the, the Marvel team-up movies. I mean, you like mm-hmm. the Avengers and then Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, we've got a team-up movie for you. You're going to love it. Did you guys get a bootleg Infinity War? No, no. Uh, almost as good, though. Oh. We're going to watch Suicide Squad. Woo-woo! Yeah! Oh, uh... Oh, um... The Leto? Yeah, oh. yeah! And Margot Robbie. Uh-huh. Not, oh. not to mention... Uh, 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 Will Smith, William and himself. Fun fact: I heard that Jared Leto sustained solely on scenery alone, uh, as far as his food and nourishment for the entire filming of this movie. Oh, Boom! This is, uh, yeah, this is great. Um, hey, listen, you guys, just I'm gonna go get something in my car real quick. Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Josh? Uh-oh. Josh? Joshua? Oh, don't worry. He'll be back. What I have you? his credit card. <laughs> Time to order a million copies of Suicide Squad. And that's when the money rolls out. You know when I pick a movie That's when I'm on to pressure now The question always comes back to me What's up? Hello. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It is time for another episode of What Were They Thinking? Mm-hmm. I am Brendan. And I'm Nathan. And we have managed to track down, even though he tried to drive away from our house earlier, it's... Uh, well, he, he came back for the credit card. He did. He came back for the credit card. He actually he came back because he forgot... suspicious charges on there. Well, he actually... It's funny, too, because he actually came back because he also forgot his shoes. Uh, because Milos was kind of, you know, hovering around them, so... <laughs> they were nice shoes. To be fair, I liked those. They were nice. They were pointy, and with a little leather, with some proging on it. They were very, very nice. Nicest shoes I've seen in the studio here. Josh, that is quite a compliment. You should be happy about that. You, you have excellent shoes, Mr. Kotsabisekis. Wow. He pronounced it correctly. <laughs> So, hey, Milos, this is I am professional. <laughs> so joining us, returning guest, you see, you've heard him, you you've seen him, you may have seen him, not on our show because you don't see anyone on our show, but you may have heard him on uh, one of our favorite movies, of course, Nick Fury, Agent Agent of Shield, uh, Captain America, the nineteen ninety version, and the nineteen ninety seven special effects spectacular known as Spawn. That's right, Mister Joshua. Coat Sabasakis. Hi. <laughs> wow. I'm happy. I'm I'm happy to be here. 
<laughs> Sounds it. <laughs> um, you, you know what's funny? Like a little side, <laughs> and a little aside here. I uh, I realized over the years I'm a little neurotic, and I get worried and self-conscious about things. Every time I leave here, I always think, I hope their listeners don't drastically drop after my episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I, the nice thing is the movies that we've done, especially the ones with you, are ones that don't get done to death on the podcasting scene. So uh, usually we actually get a pretty good, decent tick of people coming in because it's like, oh, no one's done this one yet. Like I, I, like I listen to podcasts, right? Lots of them. And brag, there's ones, brag. There's, there's there's ones that I skip, right? Because I, I listen to them, and I'm like, oh, I don't care about that guest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to skip that one. Like, talk is Jericho, right? Yeah. I listen to it all the time. I'm like, oh, I don't care about, you know, this guy from yeah. freaking Ghost Show. Yes. So I skip it. And then I'm like, man, I hope that they don't do that to, to Nathan and Brendan's show, whatever they see my name on. <laughs> oh, not the freshman again. Yeah. Who'd he beat? <laughs> Quick, everyone you beat, go. Dick Durning seven times. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna Mikey I'm, Rave, I'm gonna, Caden I'm, Rave. I'm gonna cut you off there. Because <laughs> uh, we are talking about Suicide Squad because Nathan was kind enough to choose it this week. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you know we, this was apparently one of the options uh, that was uh, up for grabs when we did Pearl Fucking Harbor last summer. Mm. Again. At least this movie came out in the summer. Mm-hmm. So summer flopbusters continues, but I should note right away, uh, we may call this series summer flopbusters, but this turd did not flop. No, it didn't actually. It did cost a hundred and seventy-five million dollars, mm-hmm. and it made seven hundred and forty-seven worldwide. Uh, another fun fact: it's an Oscar winner. <laughs> What were they thinking? Catch you later next catch you next week. <laughs> this is is this our first Oscar winner? I don't maybe. No, I can't. Has to be. It has to be. Oh no, right, we did uh Demons of Ludlow. <laughs> yeah, Oscar Oscar bait all around on that one. I don't know, I'll have to look into that because I it it possibly I don't know, I Pearl Harbor might have won something for like sound editing or because that's what this one was, was like sound editing or costuming or something wasn't it i think it was i think it was costume or makeup yeah didn't yeah. salinger get a best actor nom <laughs> no no captain america <laughs> this is an actual winner a winner and at the academy they showed the uh, i think i'm gonna be sick scene <laughs> <laughs> that or mr president oh thanks this just in from the internet movie database Oh shit! Pearl Harbor is an Oscar winner. There you Fuck! go for best sound editing. <laughs> See, I told you. God damn it! Okay, so maybe it's our second Oscar winner. <laughs> Wait a second, this just in: Spawn won for best visual effects. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, Gary, I got drunk in the ballots again. <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad won for best achievement in makeup and hairstyle. There you go. Ooh, and hairstyling. I like it. So, um, before we get into this too much, I also want to mention that I don't know. I know it didn't say what role. I'm assuming this was for the role of the Joker, which we'll definitely get into once the once we get this movie cracking. Uh, but Ryan Gosling and Tom Hardy were both considered for parts in this movie. Okay. Uh, 
ended up not doing it. And this is a weird thing to me. Like, in a movie this big... Oh, it sounds like I'm doing the closing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> in a, but in a movie like this big, like with this large budget, with this huge cast, you'd think, okay, this script is going to be worked over for like quite a while before it comes to filming, right? Yeah. Um, David Ayer, the director, also the writer, wrote the screenplay in six weeks. And it shows. <laughs> that, yeah, that is like... That is a short amount of time for a movie like this, I think. Yeah. Well, something to touch on. I don't know if you guys want me to bring it up later or not, but Brendan, I told you about uh, an interesting tidbit of someone that I talked to. A director clearly has vision of scenes and things like that, from my understanding of movies. Not that I'm an expert. But, uh, you know, you would think that our director would make the call in, okay, in this scene, we want it to take place here in this setting because of X, Y, and Z reason, right? And the person that I talked to worked in the um, special effects department. So it was the scene that they worked on was the um, the train scene, right? Um, in the subway station when, when Enchantress's oh, okay. brother comes to life or whatever. Right. Classic. Yeah. And it, from what I understand, from what they were explaining to me, the way I got it was they wanted that scene to take place somewhere else, like, uh, you know, like in an alley where the guy's alone or something. And then that's when... The possession happens and, and all, and the turn and her brother comes to life. Okay. And the sound, <laughs> she, so she, she's telling me the story, and she's like, yeah, so they wanted it like in like a dark alleyway where nothing was going on, and then that's where the guy, the brother came to life, and um, we had the idea, we were like, well, what if we didn't do that, and what if we changed the setting to like, I don't know, like a, a subway station? <laughs> Because it's going to be visually a lot more impactful if you can see people running for their lives out of the subway car and running in the subway station and and all this kind of stuff. And that's when the Enchantress's brother comes to life. Because then people are in danger at that point. And she was like, so anyway, he thought about it for like a second. He was like, okay, yeah, that's a much better idea. Can you get us a subway Oh my station? god. So it's like... So it's like, well, and she's she's very proud of it, right? Like, I don't think she was meaning knocking the director in any way, but I'm thinking to myself, like, shouldn't the director have like thought of that originally? Like, you had to get someone from the uh, from the special effects department to come up with that idea. Who has no idea what else is going on really in your movie? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you know what would make more sense is if uh, people were here. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, uh, Margaret in catering thinks that maybe we should give Will Smith some lines. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Yeah, she told me some interesting things. I only talked to her for, you know, about a half hour or so. But she told me some interesting things about the whole process. I don't see this conversation happen like two years ago. So I don't want to... I don't want to remember things incorrectly. But one of the actresses, it was either Cara Delevingne. Am I saying that right? I don't know. The Enchantress. Okay. It was either The Eyebrows. Enchantress or Margot Robbie. I think... I, I think it was Cara Delevingne, the Enchantress, but again, I could be wrong. But one of them had a really big head on set. and I feel like that was probably Cara Delevingne. And had a huge ego, and she was telling me things like, because I, I was asking, right? I was like, oh, you worked on the movie, you know, were they nice? Were they cool to talk to and hang out with? And like most of them, she was like, you know, I didn't interact with a whole lot of them, but when I did, they were very friendly. It was very quick. It was, you know, Will Smith was very personable, um... You know, the, the I can never remember her name, the actress that plays Amanda Waller, Oscar winner. Oh, Viola Davis. Yeah. Viola Davis was very friendly. The director was very friendly. And she's like, the only one that really was kind of rude was, and I, again, I think it was Cara Delevingne that she said. She was the type of that had the ego where, like, you know, they're outside filming, right? And 
Cara Delevingne is, you know, because she doesn't want, like, the sun to bother her, is <laughs> sitting in a chair, like, reading a magazine and forcing, like, a stagehand to hold an umbrella above her head. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I thought that tell- Margot Robbie's too Australian to be like that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel they're... They're always they've always come across as a a, a polite down to earth type of people, but I could yeah. be way off. Uh, and I feel also not to uh, generalize, but Cara Delevingne is a supermodel, so that sounds about right. I then. feel like that's the stereotype there too. Yeah, you hear that, everyone? Cara Delevingne. Bitch! Hot take, hot take. I like how this went from, like, I don't know which one it was, <laughs> to, to obviously it was Cara Delevingne, she's a bitch and she should never work again in Hollywood. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again, kid! <laughs> so anyway, for all those listening, Suicide Squad, Cara Delevingne, huge bitch. <laughs> Allegedly. Never support anything she's in again. Allegedly. We're going to get, like, cease and desist letters. Oh, oh yeah. I hope so. For Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Blocked by Bull... <laughs> cease and desist Desisted by Delavine. by Delavine, yep. <laughs> well, we should probably talk about suicide. Yeah, let's guys. get into it. Uh, we, we really we, o- we open with a uh, we really haven't yet. <laughs> well, no, we open with a a, a prison that's in Louisiana, mm-hmm. which is I don't know. I'm not a I'm not big on DC, but one of the things I do know about DC is that all of their cities and everything are made up. And all their like, like the, the city, like I suppose I don't know. Do, do they do the same thing with states? They even usually mention states. Do states they? are usually legit, but yeah. it's very rare. Like, like to my knowledge, in the original comics, they never said what state Metropolis is. It's just assumed it's New York. Okay. Wait, did you say that Louisiana is real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. But it's not but just yes, it's the, not just a place they made up for True Blood. But yes, the states <laughs> the states are. Actual the only one I've ever heard mentioned ever is Smallville. It was in, is in Kansas. It's right. the only one I've ever... In Coast City, where I think it's Green Lantern. I always get Coast City with Green Lantern and Flash mixed up, but I think Coast City is Green Lantern, and he's in California. Okay, well, there so, we go. So Will Smith is talking to Ike Barinholtz. Oh, yes, a, a poor man's uh, Mark Wahlberg. What? Okay, right off the bat, I, I mean, I think Ike Barinholtz is a funny guy. He's very funny. But... In this movie, that is some weird ass casting. Yes, <laughs> very strange. It's almost like, every like time... they wanted to have like they, they. It was almost like they wanted to have some like Joss Whedon um, type of levity in the movie, so that you would cast kind of goofy people in those like outsider supporting type roles. But it, it it does definitely fall very flat. He's much more comically talented than he is portrayed in this movie. That's for sure. Well, and I just want to say right off the bat, guys, I think we can all kind of unanimously agree this movie wants to be Guardians of the Galaxy in the worst way. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, everything in this movie is like, we're just a big old fun team-up movie like the Guardians. We're kind of rebels. Ragtag bunch of misfits. to the trailer that had Bohemian Rhapsody in it. Guardians had... And they, yeah, uh, another thing... Obviously, uh, the similarities don't end there. I mean, the the soundtrack oh! for the damn movie is it, it's it's a just an absolute playlist. Like it's like someone <laughs> takes straight from their iPod. My father, I went to this movie with my dad. My dad's a big comic book fan too. That's how I get into all this stuff. And he and I go to this movie, and I asked him what he thought about it. Like when we went to the theater, I asked him what he thought about the movie when we left. He's <laughs> like, "Hmm, my review would look like this." <laughs> He goes, 
what what happens when you take a really awesome soundtrack, <laughs> cool characters such as Harley Quinn and the Joker and Deadshot, tremendous actors, and you put them all together? You get a steaming pile of shit called Suicide Squad. <laughs> but one of the things was like was the playlist, was the, the music list, and he said it was cool music and everything, and then we kind of talked about it in a more serious way when we were on our way home from the theater. And he was saying, like, it's a cool soundtrack and everything, but it didn't flow. You know, no. you've got music from the 70s, and then you've got music Eminem. from, like, Eminem, right? Yeah. It, it didn't it didn't go. With with Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. it was all 70s music. Hmm. Well, and Guardians of the Galaxy, not only that, but, like, the music wasn't as obnoxious. Like, it was, yeah. like, well, there were songs in it, but it wasn't one after the fucking other. This is true. And Guardians, I mean, the, the reason why I had that flow, that decade feel to it is because it is a mixtape from mm-hmm. uh from quill's mom this one here is almost like the uh the director or who maybe the sound designer or whoever was like okay they're doing this this reminds me of this song pluck it and they use it like seven nation oh. army and deadpool deadpool sort of did something similar too, where like the soundtrack to deadpool but it worked well with him because mm-hmm. deadpool is so off the cuff and off the wall. So, you know, you're listening to the Deadpool soundtrack. It could be something like, I don't know, Dolly Parton. Mm. That wasn't in the it first works. Deadpool movie. It was in Deadpool 2, but same sort of thing. Yeah. You know, you hear yeah. a song like Dolly Parton, and then you hear um, DMX. Sure. X going to give it oh, to you, right? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's they're totally different, but it works with the character because he's so bizarre. He's just absolutely he's, zany. Yeah, but with with Suicide Squad, you know, they, they're almost doing it as a joke in Deadpool. Where well, oh, here's, here's Cher, here's here's Dolly Parton, now here's DMX and X gonna give it to you. But then with with Suicide Squad, it's they're taking it seriously. Like they're actually trying yes. to put out a a good soundtrack to go with the movie. Yeah, and it just doesn't flow. Let's let's get forward with the plot a little bit. But I just feel like I just feel like the songs are it's it's first of all it's one after the other and it's so like. It just it exa- describes exactly what you're seeing, and that's not the purpose of a, a soundtrack. It's supposed to accompany yeah. and like help the scene, not dictate it to you. And I feel honestly, um, I'm like ninety percent sure this was reshoot stuff because I remember when when this was coming out, they said they went back and made some re-edits and reshot some stuff to give it a lighter tone. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it would make sense because everyone everyone was complaining. Uh, uh, about the Snyderverse movies being so dark and depressing. Mm-hmm. Well, and also terrible. <laughs> Mostly due to the fact that they're so goddamn depressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we get the opening, we get, uh, you know, Mike Barinholtz has given Will Smith some loaf, it's got some paschetti in it. They, they commit a hate crime and, and beat Deadshot, and we get to meet Margot. oh my fucking god, Roby, as, uh... <sighs> Yeah, his Harley I liked Quinn. The, I, I liked mm. all her scenes for yeah, one wow. reason. Dead ass. <laughs> Just a bunch of pervs talking about Margot Robbie. So yeah, and we were reminded that she what she put like four four guys in in the hospital in the hospital last time anybody got anywhere near her. Back yeah. to, uh, to <laughs> back to Ike here for a second. Do you notice that his character is basically the character that's like, okay, this is a movie all about villains who are all assholes, but we need a character that you like, Who? you like, you like less than, than, all, than all the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and there are so many like 
on the nose lines about like someone will do something uh, skeezy and you'll have Will Smith be like, huh, and they call me a bad guy. <laughs> Might as well have said the more you know across the screen. <laughs> I like how when they're when they're running down the uh, I guess the I don't know character card for the lack of better term for everybody that they introduce. They uh, they the they list all the weapons that Deadshot is proficient with, and one of them was a musket. I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> you know what? I, I some people were annoyed, but I one of the things I actually liked about Suicide Squad was how they did that because Suicide Squad is not the Avengers, obviously. Obviously, you you know what? Deadshot. You watch Deadshot. Average movie, go, who the hell's Deadshot? Yeah. You know, you go to a Captain America movie, you know who Captain America is, you know who Iron Man is, you know who the Hulk is. Suicide Squad, I, my sister went to this movie too with us, and like I was thinking, okay, this is cool, now I don't have to give her a rundown after the movie. Okay, so Deadshot is from this character, you know you, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a professional assassin who doesn't miss, right, you they, get they, that right they away. They flat out tell you, yep. okay, we know that you probably don't know Killer Croc, we know you probably don't know Deadshot, here's who they are. Yeah. My only problem with that is it didn't need to be 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the introductions literally, we are still getting new characters introduced at the 45 minute mark i liked uh i i said i watched this one in 3d uh my my oldest one she she loved this movie Uh, i mean there's no accounting for some people's taste but she likes what (laughs) she likes and she really liked this and i think i asked her what she liked about it and she said she liked mostly the joker and harley quinn Mm -hmm. because they were they were funny but they were also bad guys i agree with one of those things and as a as an aside Nathan's oldest has now been sent off to boarding school. <laughs> it was nice knowing you, kid. <laughs> um, so you will we- watch all of the MCU right now. <laughs> so uh, she it's got by she got Suicide Squad on on Blu-ray 3D for uh, Christmas last year, uh, and uh, so when I told her I had to watch it for for this, she was like, "Oh yes, we get to watch." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you can watch it with me. You want to watch the extended cut, or do you want to watch the watch it in 3D because they didn't do the extended cut in 3D?" And she was like, and she had really hum and haw whether she wanted to see new footage or she wanted to watch it in 3D. And we ended up watching it in 3D. Uh, the the title card stuff they did with uh, where they where they giving everybody's stats. And even some of the other the effects they used in the movie, I the it was actually a bit of a brighter spot. It made watching the movie a second time around a little easier this time. Mm-hmm. So good use well, of the three D effects that they that they used in this. Movie. Yeah, they introduce every single character. Uh, and speaking of soundtrack, so we get Amanda Waller played by Viola Davis, who I would argue is actually doing a pretty good job acting wise in this she's, movie. She's she's doing what she can. Yep, but. The song, Sympathy for the Devil. Like, could there be a more on-the-fucking-nose song choice for her? The bitch is back. (laughs) But I mean... Elton John? It's so, like, it's so (laughs) glaringly... It's so annoying to the point where I... When I saw this in theaters, literally every song choice, it just rolled my eyes so far in the back of my head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, But I did... You had said, Josh, that when they did the uh, the stats card, it was it was a neat way that they could 
introduce people to these characters without having to do like a full-on origin story. But we still mm-hmm. get treated to origin stories, especially mm-hmm. with Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. Because we have to watch Pimp and Will Smith try to be a good dad to his daughter and, who won't let him kill Batman. <laughs> also, I gotta say too, it's really weird to me that we we see Will Smith and Harley Quinn before we get the introductions of them. We're yeah. introduced to them twice. Yes. It doesn't make any... Like, I don't understand why that scene either was cut. It should have been cut, like, the first two scenes, or put after the introductions. Like, that, that didn't make any sense to me. You saw like, what you're saying is they should have had uh, Amanda Waller running down her... Uh, her list of people showing those scenes and then cutting to the uh, the prison. Yeah, yeah, that actually would have made a little bit more sense. It just it just was like, oh, here's Deadshot, blah 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 blah. Okay, we don't really know who he is, and then Amanda Waller. Oh, let me tell you about Deadshot. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Jared Leto is terrible in this movie. I'm sorry. Like he is an Oscar winning actor. He is terrific in other movies. Not this movie. He's not. I I can't stand the design of Joker in this movie either. I he there's nothing to me. There's nothing intimidating about him. When the Heath Ledger Joker, he'd scare you shitless. If yeah. he, he's amazing. amazing. If he you know grabbed you by the throat and said, oh, I don't know, I got these scars. But <laughs> Jack Nicholson Joker intimidating, you know, have you ever danced with the like, devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah. Yeah, he's even great. even season Caesar Romero's Joker, who is paid <laughs> played for comedy. If you saw that motherfucker and with his creepy paint over his creepy mustache, yeah. he'd be like, "Ooh, jeez, I guy's a little weird. I don't think I want to screw around with this guy." Yeah. Right down to Mark Hamill's Joker. All of them are intimidating. You know, Joker's not a big man. He's not a tough guy. But he would scare the shit out of you if you ran into him on the street. This Jared Leto Joker, he looks like a guy that you could kick the shit out. Of. Well, he, co- <laughs> like, he, he comes yeah. across as a as a guy who had some like uh, parental issues and wanted to rebel yeah. in the hardest way possible. So he got a shit ton of tattoos and dyed yeah. his hair green. I wrote that in my notes actually. That what I wrote about Joker was a punk rich kid. Yeah, who... he also looks like a pimp in one scene. <laughs> Yes, where, he, where he's talking with uh, Common. There's nothing intimidating about him. Like if he if he was walking down the street in the wrong neighborhood, people would jump out of their car and friggin' stomp him and steal his wallet. You know, <laughs> there's nothing. He looks bad. He the portrayal of him is bad. The design was horrible. And on top of that, I don't know if you guys wanted to get to this a little later, but the relationship that they portrayed in this movie with Harley. Is not, is not the relationship that Joker and Harley have. Wait, are Joker... you saying that this film takes liberties with the source material? <laughs> right, and you, you can expect that with the comic book movie, and, you know, it's... it's twenty When did this movie come out? 2016? Yep. Yeah. 2016, you know that they're going to take liberties with the source material, but at the same time, like people who are fans, especially characters like Joker and Harley, they don't want to see a Joker... That is obsessing and seemingly in love with Harley. He uses Harley in the books and the, yes, the cartoon. Yes, and he, she can't see she, it. Right. She's in love with him, but he uses her. He She's a tool for him. Yeah. He's got no love for anyone, you know, especially Harley. Yeah. She's it, an end, you know, a means to an end. 
well, I feel they kind of head down that road for for some of the movie, but then they kind of do. Then they kind of reveal that the Joker does want to like help her and stuff, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, if no, you ever doesn't... see the far superior assault on Arkham, that's a it's a better portrayal of what they were kind of trying to go get through with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I recommend everybody check that out because that was an awesome movie. And then we get introduced to Captain Boomerang and stop caring about the people who are being introduced. And also Killer Croc. Well, and I saw Killer Croc, and I don't know, maybe it's because when I went, when I first saw this movie, I saw it at the drive-in, so it was on a much bigger screen than you would usually see. I thought he was considerably bigger. Uh, and then when I rewatched it for this, I was like, holy jeez, Drax was way more jacked than Killer Croc. Killer was like, Croc was really lean looking. Do you, like, yeah. Do you know what, too? I feel so bad. So the actor is the same guy who played Adebisi in uh, Oz. Is it? Um, another thing about... I like how I just ignore that. Another thing about Croc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adebisi, Josh! Um, how did he keep that hat on his head? Another thing about <laughs> oh Croc my god, is, wouldn't it be great if Killer Croc had that hat in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. He, um, did you guys find him really difficult to understand? Yes. Like with the, the yeah. teeth and the prosthetics that he had. In I felt so I bad for that actor. I, I couldn't hear a word he was saying when I watched this. The movie. only one I caught was uh, uh, where he said he was beautiful. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. Well, beautiful. And it's because it sounds like he had to like force those words out. Yeah. Like, well, he had a real hard time. I see, like, my, I think my biggest issue with him is, but every time I've seen Killer Croc, it's always been an animated version of him. And he's supposed to be, uh, like, he, you know, joined the freak shows and he did professional wrestling. So he's always portrayed as this really jacked up guy or character. And to see him be that kind of, that, that lean and uh, not as intimidating as he's been in other portrayals I've seen of him. I was like, I kind of felt kind of let down. Do you think yeah. it would have been better if they didn't have Killer Croc and instead had the actual Suicide Squad member of King Shark? I don't know. You know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say, you were gonna say, do you think it would be better if they didn't have Killer Croc and just had an actual crocodile? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Nathan! <laughs> They should have had Alligator. Alligator from the Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> is, that his, is that his father? Is Alligator... <laughs> Could be. He was trying to eat some toes. <laughs> oh my god, Garbage Pail Kids is a prequel to Suicide Squad. It's a, <laughs> or at least it's existing in the croc. same universe. It's a Killer Croc origin story. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to meet the Enchantress, and again, I just didn't give a shit literally at this point i wrote down oh also there's a witch guys yeah like who fucking cares and it also says her brother is currently her brother is currently in a jar i'm like fuck off (laughs) i I actually with all this bullshit i I saw someone uh do a a, well semi-review of this but more over a a rebooking for lack of better terms of this movie and i'm gonna i'm gonna lay into that one when we get into when we get into the post on this one because there's there's so much they that they could have done better with this movie and just didn't um so we were talking a little bit about like harley and joker's uh sort of relationship in this movie i just have a little um clip here that i wanted to play filibuster okay here we go small place for every initiation i have proved i love you just accept it i gotta 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 
I am not someone who is love. I'm an idea. State of mind. I execute my will according to my plan, and you, doctor, are not part of my plan. Just let me in. I promise. Let me in. I promise I won't hurt promise, you. Promise. Promise. Hey, dickface. <laughs> I had to keep the hey dick face part in. Hey dick face. I believe that's from the extended version. Is Um, it? I don't remember seeing that scene. Okay, well my my point to play that was to hear how ridiculous his Joker uh, performance is. Oh, I thought it was just because he wanted to work in hey dick face on our podcast. Another thing too that I remember being really weird about it was um, when they were doing like the flashbacks of when Harley was working as uh, Joker's doctor. And they're trying to show it almost like it was a slow, a slow burn of her turning and, and realizing that she's infatuated by the Joker. Yeah. He's like, hey, I need some things. And she's like, okay. And he's like, I need like a fucking carton of milk, uh, some bread and a machine gun. She's like, okay. <laughs> like it just like out of nowhere, like, like there was no yeah. build up to it at all. <laughs> well, there was no, and she wasn't like, that was before he fried her brain too. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you need a machine gun. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll get it for you. I'm a nurse. <laughs> I can get that. It's a doctor. I'm a nurse. Let's go back to 1955, bigot. Hey! I th- <laughs> Your broads can be doctors too there, eh? Yeah, she's a nurse. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, we get the... Before we get to the board scene with um, Sheriff Hopper... Um, we do have the, uh, the introduction of Joel Kinnaman, who deserves so, so much more than he gets, I find, in Hollywood. Uh, I mean, he's been, like, Altered Carbon is, is a good little show. Uh, he was awesome in The Killing. Uh, but for some mo- reason, when he tries to, um, get into movies, uh, he gets Suicide Squad and Robocop. Oh, the remake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like I, I like I'll be I'll be honest. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But in this movie, I found that he was he had like no charisma whatsoever. Though you is should he, no, you should watch him in uh, the Killing. He's really good in the Killing. Part of my ignorance is this Rick Flag. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you had me at I didn't know who the actor was, and then you said he had no charisma. I was like, I must be Rick Flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also wrote down so they they also by the way, guys. Uh, besides the thirteen million characters we've just introduced. Also, this guy is that we have another love story with him and the enchantress slash yes. mega bitch Cara Delevingne, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they fall in love at first bath. I love how she's also basically Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> her eyebrows are on point, though. I will say. Oh her, man! Did you say on point or super pointy? Uh, on point. Okay. So so let's backtrack on uh, on Griggs here. <laughs> Briggs uh, being Ike Barinholtz. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he uh, obviously an asshole because Deadshot doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. And Deadshot, he, he, they say I'm the bad guy. And if Deadshot doesn't <laughs> like someone, then that guy must be really really bad. Really bad. I love uh, I love how you came back to that. They say we, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, we, that's called a callback. Um, and then <laughs> Josh getting all technical with the theater terms and whatnot there. Um, and then and then he needs to clear his browser history. So yeah, 
is he is he the Jared of the DC EU? <laughs> I don't think it's ever that's ever implied that he, he just <laughs> might have some messed up because he does love his mom and he probably doesn't want his mom knowing that what kind of porn then, he's into. And then also uh, he's uh, probably a raper. Yep. So, so obviously he's he's the biggest supervillain there is. Don't forget a prison guard too. So I mean, right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he's a white man. <laughs> I like your word choice of raper instead of rapist. Rapist, yeah. <laughs> so in conclusion, Griggs, real bad guy. Real bad guy. And they say, <laughs> oh, he's a, he's also a degenerate gambler. Oh yeah, that's right. And he's I I think he says something about his wife, and he's always flirting with other women. Oh, so he's a philanderer as well. Oh, that's the worst offense of them all. Yes, as we've covered before on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, we have a a four-way in the subway at this point. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, okay. Which we learned was not going to be in the movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Until until the caterer. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, at this point, she's telling... So, I guess this takes place... This movie came out after Batman vs. Superman, by the way. Coming soon, probably. Um, <laughs> and... Because they reference the fact that Superman is dead. So we're just gonna fucking... We're just gonna do DC Universe movies for the rest of Summer Blockbuster, aren't we? <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they even have a guy selling, like, a dead Superman merch. Second, yeah. second biggest villain in the movie. He's got, <laughs> the guy capitalizing monetarily <laughs> off of Superman's demise. He's got. He's there's the, somebody walks past him. He's got. A, he's holding up a shirt with the uh, Superman logo on it. It says "Remember." <laughs> um. Well, and then like what? What kind of gets the, uh, the them to all start suiting up, as it were? Uh, they. It was the the Enchantress and her brother. Enchantress got out, wasn't it? Enchantress got it because uh, Amanda Waller controls her heart or something. Yes. Yeah, she has her heart in a box, and like if she doesn't listen, she can stab her heart and, and make her listen. Guys, controversial point here. There is too much going on in this movie. <laughs> Way too much. Um, but yeah, the Enchantress gets out because she's also... What's her actual name? June Moon? June Moon. Uh... Funny tidbit, uh, there's also a, a porn actress named Katie June Moon, uh, which yes. I thought was interesting. And Punky well, also, Brewster is Soleil Moon, Moon Fry. Fry. Also <laughs> played by Cara Delevingne. <laughs> so he, an interesting point, that you just said you know, so much is going on here. There, you know, if people are listening to this that haven't seen the movie, right up until this point, they're probably thinking, the Joker's the villain, which you and I kind of talked about when I first yeah. got here. The Joker's the villain, and then it's like... But also, the Enchantress has her heart in a box and has escaped, and now everyone needs to stop her. Yeah. And this, well, who the fuck is Enchantress? <laughs> Why is her heart in a box? And that's the thing, like, with with where they were going uh, with Joker, and, and I guess I'm a little more forgiving with it. I didn't, I didn't love Jared Leto doing his Joker, but I also didn't, like, loathe or despise it. I, I just don't want them to make a whole goddamn movie out of it. Because that's apparently what they're doing. The one, you know, the, I was going to say the one thing that the Heath Ledger joke. One the, thing. The one and only, no, he gets several things right. But um, <laughs> one of the things that the Heath Ledger Joker got right is to me when I was reading the books as a kid and watching the cartoon with Mark Hamill and all that, I never I never felt like Joker was a guy who was about the money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He yeah. Just, he just liked 
Wanted causes to make shit. The world burn, yeah. Right. Watch the world burn. And Heath Ledger's Joker, I, I'm paraphrasing here, I don't remember the exact line, but he says something in The Dark Knight where, you know, it's gasoline, you know, the things that are important to him, gasoline, ammunition, and, and the thing they have in common is that they're all cheap because yeah. it's not about the money is the line that he says. And with this Joker is he's a little bit too much about the money. He's got like a Lamborghini, a custom mm. Lamborghini. That penthouse. The penthouse, the custom suits. He's got his own VIP section the bling. at a nightclub. The bling. And it's like this, that's not the stuff that's important to Joker. Yeah. If, you know, if you make if you make a character as iconic as the Joker, just another guy who's about robbing banks and getting money or selling drugs or whatever, then what's... What makes him different, you know? What makes him stand out? Yeah, and and that's one of the things that drives that drives home the again the I guess the intimidation factor or what makes Joker kind of scary is that you can't figure him out. If his if his sole motivation is greed, boom, we got you figured out. Yeah, but he, that's not it. It's it's unhinged mayhem. That's what he's supposed to be about. That's all he's about. I do I did enjoy this where they're getting all their implants and stuff like that and. Uh, uh, Deadshot keeps talking to the nurse who's giving the shots and stuff like that. He's, he's like, don't touch me. What'd you do? And she's not even talking to him or acknowledging him. He's just like, oh, you're one of them deaf hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, I bet you Will, I, well, since she doesn't say anything, I'm guessing it was like an extra and Will Smith was just like, I'm just going to riff. But because she was an extra, she wasn't allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> or, or she was just afraid to talk because she doesn't want to get fired. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. She's like, um, do I, uh, mm. And the director's like, just go, just keep going, just keep going. <laughs> well, well, throw some more lines at her. And then she, and then she wrote a, a a paragraph about why the scene should take place in a subway station and not in the alleyway. <laughs> and, and then she said, "Hey, maybe you should have a final fight with the Enchantress since she's the villain." <laughs> oh, good idea. So Beautiful. I got, I want to get to this point here. So the Enchantress and her brother, who she's freed from the jar. <laughs> is uh are, ta- are laying waste to this subway and basically amanda waller at this point is like okay we need to get our suicide squad uh up and ready which by the way by the time these people get ready in this montage scene that subway is destroyed yes and and so this is a little snippet i want to play a little snippet of them getting ready because this is just an example of some of the terrible dialogue they write for these fully capable actors Fit anymore? You want some junk in the trunk? Nah. Every time I put this on, somebody dies. And? I like putting it on. Goody. Something tells me a whole lot of people are about to die. Yeah, it's us. We'll be led to our deaths. Speak for yourself, mate. Wait, what's that crap on your face? Is it wash off? <laughs> hey, if you like a girl, can you light her a cigarette with your pinky? Because that would be real classy. Hey, y'all might want to leave old boy alone. He could torch this whole joint. Ain't that right, I say? You got nothing to worry about for me. I'm cool, homie. So, like, real oh, classy. just... Real the, classy. The worst fucking dial... And, like, you can really tell, like, Harley Quinn is selling the hell out of... Or Margot Robbie selling the hell out of everything she's saying in this movie. Um, Will Smith, again, also. I just feel like everyone else is just like, eh, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Think about that line, too, that he says is whenever I put this on, somebody dies. And and I like putting on. You get mixed messages with Deadshot. Because, because earlier on in the movie, you get a sense that he's 
killing other criminals. Like he's a hitman who's killing like you know mafia hitman. Mafia, yeah, you know what I mean. So. I, mean, like, I never kill any women or children. He's got a code, that sort of thing. Right, so he's 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 doing it for money. He's doing it to provide because it's the only thing he's good at. And you get the sense that, okay, maybe if things went a different way for him in life, he wouldn't be this guy. Hmm. But then he says that line, and you're like, oh, he likes killing people. So am I supposed to root for this guy, or am I not supposed to root for this guy, you know? Or is it supposed to be like a, a Dexter-type situation where, you know, yeah. he likes killing people, but because of the people he's killing, it's okay for you to root for him. Right, but they don't really touch on it again, no. that whole code thing. So it's like, who, like, what are you supposed to feel about that line? Hmm. I think yeah. I think another big problem too is that they're trying to sell this thing as like, oh guys, this is a totally different comic book movie because your heroes are villains, but when it really comes down to it, they're the heroes. Like they don't really do that much differently than they would if they were here actual superheroes. Like, really. No. And I I don't know, there's there's more things with Deadshot too that get you that that kind of weird thing where you're like, is he is he a hero, is he not? He's got that uh saying on the collar, I'm the light, the way of the world is basically a Bible quote, but he you know, again, he's going around, he's killing people. Um, I did really like the, um, when they actually let them put on, instead of having them just in like, you know, uniform gear, uh, that everyone got to kind of wear their own stuff because, I mean, you get that with him, um, fucking Margot Robbie looking just, oh my God. Incredible. Um, <laughs> and most and, realistic part of the movie, by the way, is when she's changing and everyone stops. Yes. Oh, is this the part too where there, cause there's so many parts in this movie where yes, you there know, are, where there's so many parts in this movie where you're like, oh, and also this person's here. So yeah. like all these people are suiting up and then and also Slipknot. Just for no <laughs> yes. Play, I feel so bad. Adam Beach, man, that guy. Another one who's like he he deserves so much, but they just showed up that character so that they could blow somebody's head off. It's like the it's like the actor showed up on set to visit some friends and they're like, hey, let's get the guy some rope. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing too. Immediately upon his entrance into the movie, he wicker man Nick Cage's a girl. Yes. <laughs> Just <laughs> knocks her the fuck out. She had a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the guy's like, hmm. To them, <laughs> to like, them, oh, okay. To them suiting up though, I really like Deadshot's gear in this movie. Yeah. I thought he looked really cool, and he's yeah. very similar to the comic counterpart. They kept the too. mask and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh. Josh, too, the thing you said about the introductions coming up, like, Slipknot just shows up. The most egregious one is they're literally on the plane, and then they're like, hey, Katana's here, too. <laughs> oh, but she's not a criminal. Also, her husband's soul is in her sword. Okay, that's enough about Katana. <laughs> We're good to go. No, no title card for her. Um, I liked how they actually said Suicide Squad. Like, oh. Will Smith, we're a damn suicide squad yeah. like that. And I was like, all I could think of was, did, did Palma guest direct this scene? Because <laughs> we know how much he loves throwing out the names of his movies in the movie. Also, smash cut from, we're the damn suicide squad to, going up to the spirit in the sky. <laughs> so another thing too, I don't know if you guys know this, spirit in the sky, okay, mm-hmm. going back to the similarities between Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack has a track on there that specifically says not in the movie. Do you know what song it is? Spirit, Spirit in the Sky. Spirit in the Sky. Spirit so the in the motherfucking the Galaxy sky. soundtrack that you purchase has <laughs> Spirit in the Sky on there. And it's like they fucking looked at that soundtrack 
Like, a, can we steal any of these without it being obvious? There's one that's not in the movie. It says it's <laughs> right there, not in the movie. So we're putting it in the movie. Uh, copy paste. We, we get yeah. you get. I mean, you get other similarities uh, from other Marvel movies too. I mean, uh, you got Captain Boomerang's obsession with his Pinky the Unicorn, just right, like Deadpool. Deadpool with his love of his unicorn. Oh man, I never even thought about that. It's yeah. like you know, I always end up. We always end up throwing something back to wrestling because it's what we all have in common but it reminds me of like TNA blatantly ripping off WWE yeah and it's like okay we all know that you ripped us off yeah like the AJ Styles leaving the same way Punk did and all that kind of stuff yeah or the Eric the Eric Young thing where he won the title yeah and it's like you you ripped the point is like like companies do this whether it be comic books movies you know, DC did it to Marvel. Marvel did it to DC, where mm. they rip one another off, and it's so blatant and it's so obvious that you're just like, "Why? Like, the... Do you, they really think we're not going to notice this stuff?" Like, so, anyways, we go back here. Uh, Katana being super duper hot. Uh, Margot Robbie says, "I love that perfume. What is that? The stench of death." Which was uh, that struck me as a real like borscht belt joke that just to throw in there. Special, special, uh, special guest contributing to this to the screenplay, Mel Brooks. There you go. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier with all the reshoots. We need to make it lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Katana. What's that? The stench of death. (laughs) I'm sure she gets taken out by a giant hook at the end. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure that all the all almost all the cutaway jokes like the that they do like even Harley Quinn saying like earlier like I played the clip where she says like. Oh, some people are gonna die. Like I feel like all of that is reshoots. More yeah. than likely, it's in, in those one-liners, those cheesy one-liners. Like, it's something like Fozzie Bear would say. Waka waka waka. I'm just expecting like a waka waka. Yeah, they with the what the the helicopter crashes and then they start fighting the um, Ivanus as henchmen. Well, you see, that's the thing. You say that. I saw them, and I was like, they look like uh, monsters from Channel Zero. But the uh, the way they look, I mean, the uh, the, the Channel Zero, uh, the monster from Candle Cove was a... Uh, he, he was made of teeth, but he looked very similar to these guys. Uh, but, yeah, and then, of course, you find out they're people. They're people! If anyone knows what Nathan is referring to, please tweet us. <laughs> Dude, I recommend watching... Candle Cove. It's like the first season of Channel Zero. It is a fantastic show. Creepy as all get out. This is the second know, time just... I've heard Channel Zero in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I just realized on IMDb, I rated Suicide Squad a six. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I feel like it should be like it's better than Unfriended. <laughs> no. Yes. It's not. Yes. So. I watched the video this morning, which totally unintentional that it ended up having Suicide Squad ties. Okay. But I watched the video this morning and um, with comic books, right? Um, I don't know how much you follow them recently, but comic books that are going up in value are always the ones that have something to do with, you know, movies coming out. The summer blockbusters, yeah. So, like, right now, the hot one that everyone's buying and making money on is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's coming out yep. in, you know, less than a year. So, like, first appearance of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel used to be, like, a $12 book. Now it's, like, a $300 book. Good lord. Yeah, so crazy stuff. And it just came out, like, in 2012. Yeah. So it's, like... But one of them was, um... Katana. People heard about... <laughs> people heard about, um... 
Katana being in Suicide Squad. And I watched the video this morning where they were talking about, um, you know, you, you can't always assume that the movie, you know, if, if a movie's coming out and a book is hot, flip it right away. Don't hold on to it and think that five years from now the book is going to increase in value. Yeah. He's like, perfect example is Katana. He's like, they released a Katana series back when Suicide Squad was about to come out. And everyone thought Katana was going to be the super... You know, it's going to be the breakout the character. breakout character. Yeah. You know, Katana's going to be the shit. And they did variants of black and white covers of Katana. And they were selling on eBay for like 300 bucks US. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, in this video, he's like, search up this book. And he shows a picture of the book. Search this book up right now and see what you can buy it for. Hmm. So I did. It's like a $4 book. $14. There you go. Is what it's selling for right now. So my point in all this is... A lot of these books hold their value after the fact. A book like The First Appearance of Vision, for example. Yes. It was like a $50 book. And then Age of Ultron comes out. Now it's like a $250 book. Mm-hmm. So they a lot of the time they do hold their value after a movie comes out. But Suicide Squad did the total opposite from for Katana. <laughs> I think it has to do with how well the movie did. Exactly right. Yeah. So so the movie comes out and like everyone's like, holy shit, Katana's going to be awesome. And then and then it comes out and then it's like and by the way here's Katana she has a sword that traps souls and her husband's like well, I don't in. I don't want this fucking book that I spent three hundred dollars on anymore <laughs> <laughs> so she tanks like the series just tanks and it's now now it's barely worth the paper that it's written on so that is what Katana that's what they did to the Katana character <laughs> all this hype people were so excited about it and now it's worthless there you go and the more you know. Squad. <laughs> So now, yeah, we're back to the, we're in the building, and uh, Deadshot is like, what, he's charging away, doesn't he? Yeah, Harley Quinn takes out a few of them in the elevator. Um, We should mention, too, Joker keeps texting her and saying, like, I'm on my way with his little, with his little Joker emoji. Don't forget, Ike gave her the the cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. She's Um, like, new phone, who dis? (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, so then uh, they, they're in the building, and then we find out now, we find out that the person they're trying to extract is Amanda Waller. Yes. Which, I'm like, I don't quite understand. So, she's, she needs to be extracted because why? Like, I didn't really understand that. Like, I don't well, know what, what the, like, there's some, it feels like there's some sort of twist here, but I didn't. Well, no, like, she's in the city that's being laid waste to. But then they said, like, she had something to do with Enchantress, like, attacking everyone. Well, they she did because yeah, because she, well, one of the she's one of the ones that Enchantress is going to want to have revenge on because she's the one who got Enchantress's heart she's and got, was holding it. Yeah, she's got the heart. Oh, see, I thought there was more to it, but I guess no. There she's she's still holding the heart. But the only reason why Enchantress is uh, not, I guess, under her control or whatever is that she's got the power from her brother, and so because like when she shows up looking like a filthy hobo and says you know brother give me your power until i get my heart back he does and she transforms into evil lynn from masters of the universe and then just keeps doing her thing the whole time plotting on how not only can they build their machine to destroy the world but also get her heart back from Amanda waller this fucking movie so i want to say here in this scene this i laughed out loud in the theater i remember when i saw this because amanda waller is like okay you need to take you need to get me out of here the helicopter's arriving any minute like i need to get out of the city she then says all right everyone else knows too much shoots everyone else in the head that's in the yep. room and then will smith's reaction that's a mean lady and that's a mean and they rick me flags, the bad guy yeah that was that was gangster <laughs> wait but then rick flag's reaction is you get used to it 
What? You <laughs> well, just watched we... her murder eight people in the in the room in front of you, and you're like, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I he's like been we... ho- she's been holding his his girlfriend or fiance or whatever she is kind of hostage for quite some time too. So yeah, you get used to it. I, th- there's I a difference like we... between that and shooting people in the head. I don't know. I think he's seen some shit. Yeah, so they try to get Waller. The helicopter arrives, but oh, lo and behold, it's the Joker, and he's here to get his Harley Quinn. Uh, he's got he's got grape soda chilling for her and everything, and a bearskin rug. He deactivates her uh, neck exploding device, right? Because they they broke into the the lab that right. controls all that. Wearing Batman masks, which yes. I thought was great. There was a giant panda. There was a dude wearing a Batman mask. It was that was very uh, on point as far as like the like a, the bat, uh, Batman the animated series type of Joker stuff this, would have been. This movie is so stupid, though. I almost wish the rest of the movie would have been like people thought Batman was one of the was one of the robbers. <laughs> <laughs> Batman just trying to clear his name for the rest of the movie. We just don't even bring up the Suicide Squad anymore. <laughs> I'm and we. This is where where Harley's getting away, and they, like Joker throws her a line, and she climbs onto it. And she's being all like, "La la la, see you later." And Amanda Waller's like, "Shoot her, and uh, you'll you'll go free. You'll mm-hmm. get your kid." And yeah, like, this this scene really bothered me. I don't know why he didn't do it. Right? Really? Yes, really. It, well, they it, kind of. I kind of understood that they established sort of a, a friendship between those two. So I they kind were of acquaint- They were acquaintances at best. And for one, the thing. only the only thing that I can think of as to why he didn't do it is because he doesn't kill women and children. She's well, that woman, too. Did so he? he did he ever it. say that though? Yeah, yeah. I've never did. killed any women. Never killed any children. He uh, actually says that. And it's kind of again. It's like a, this. I didn't even remember him saying that. I know he had some morals to him, right? But. He he put her in his sights, and that's it. And then and the the it's the, it's one of those situations where it's like it's the one absolute thing that he wants most out of all of this mm-hmm. is his freedom and his daughter back. But the and, thing, but the thing is, he doesn't sacrifice his morals. That's the whole point of that. I don't know. I, just, I, don't, I found it was a weak. The, yeah. See, Guys, the, this movie is perfect. See, the only the thing that I thought is I didn't even think of the whole no women, no kids thing. The thing that I thought was. He kills Harley. Now he's got Joker chasing after them when they're trying to do this whole thing of trying to get Enchantress back. Yeah. And I got the sense that he maybe didn't trust Waller. That you know, well, none of them do. Right. Shoot your shoot her, and we'll give you your daughter back. Like, like in the back of Deadshot's mind, it's probably she's, like, she's never given me this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's never gonna. She's never gonna free me. That, that's a fair point. So I'm thinking. I was trying to come up with when I saw the movie. I was trying to come up with you know basically reaching. Like, you know, if I kill Harley now, we gotta still deal with Enchantress, yeah. and now I got Joker on us. Yeah. I just didn't want... I, selfishly, I just didn't want Margot Robbie to leave the film, because she was one of the two things I was enjoying. Yeah, well, yeah, she, she was definitely two of the things I was enjoying. Okay. <laughs> so, she was a real met- asset. <laughs> yeah, her tits were good, too. <laughs> Wait, am I not yeah, being subtle it, enough? You had to be crass, didn't you? I, I was trying to be subtle like you guys. <laughs> so, Boobies! they shoot down. They shoot down Joker's helicopter, but uh, but why does Harley Quinn pretend that she got shot? If she's that far away, how does she know that he's like faking it out? 
I, I don't know. Like, that scene was weird to me. It's almost like she could hear him. It's almost like she could hear his brain being like, I'm not going to shoot you, Harley, but pretend so it looks good. And then you can be all giddy again. Yeah. It's like, what? She prob- that's the other thing, too. I get the sense that she probably knew he missed on purpose because he never misses. Yeah. yeah. So she knew that he wasn't trying to gun her down. Hmm. You're right. This movie doesn't have flaws. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's an Oscar winner, damn it. It is an Oscar winner, unfortunately. And, and, and isn't this the point, after this, we, we get a flashback to stuff we've already seen in the movie? <laughs> is it? There is. I actually have, we saw this, and I think it was the, uh, where they're talking about, um, oh, the, the Entrancer's taking off on Rick at the first of the movie. Oh, Where they're yeah. supposed to be planting the bomb. They, they show stuff that already happened. Yeah, we get the bar scene next, which is actually one of the only great scenes in this movie. The bar scene? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, no, it's it's one of the only scenes in this movie where I actually liked the characters. Uh, they were all kind of down in the mouth about you know where they were at. They figured they were all going to die. They start talking about... Margot Robbie has that whole thing about normal. You want normal? Normal's on a washing machine. We don't get normal. Yeah. I liked, um... This is the scene where they said they can leave, right? If you want to leave, leave. Yeah. And Boomerang fucking takes off. Yeah. But then, he, <laughs> but then he's still with them in the next shot. But he doesn't... Like, but that he's going... He doesn't leave. That's it. Like... It, like I was like, that would have been much more effective if he actually just left. Possibly. Yeah, what... Well, I mean, would have spoke more to, to his characters, to, like, the way he's been portrayed throughout the entire movie, because of all the people who are supposed to be uncaring and... And an, a legit, you know, bad guy with no remorse or feelings for anybody else. Captain Boomerang gets the job done in that regard. But no, they have the, uh, they have their whole, their whole talk. And like I said, it's, it is one of my favorite parts of the movie. It's, as I've said before, it's the island of reality in this ocean of diarrhea that is Suicide Squad. Well, and you know, I said I was going to be positive at some point, and I do have one little, one last clip here, and this is actually uh, an example of a decent part of this movie. So here we go. You had these the whole time. You had letters from my daughter the whole time. Capped off by one of my favorite parts. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, she will. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is this the scene, too, where uh, Killer Croc reveals that he has the thing for heavy sup black women? You guys must... This must have been the extended... I don't remember seeing that. He, there's a scene where they were talking about Waller, and he says, I like her. Oh, he definitely... Yeah, I, he does say that, but that's where she's being like a total bitch. <laughs> well, that's because it's Adebisi in disguise. Yes. That is have, the twist. He takes off the, the croc suit, and it's Adebisi. The the bar scene, it was... To me, I thought Rick Flagg should have been the one character in the movie who was the good guy. You know what I mean? Mm. So it kind of bothered me that he, he withheld the letters 
Yeah. From. But again, that goes back to like he's he's looking out. He's looking out for not just like best intentions. He's also looking out for uh, June Moon. Like that's that's his be all and end all, right? It's his. If he doesn't do this stuff, then you know she's she's either going to get taken over by Enchantress, or you know Amanda Waller's going to hurt her because she's going to hurt the Enchantress. So yeah, he's he's a good guy, but at the bottom of it, it's his self interest for her that drives him and not just the true altruism. And also, he's boring. <laughs> I've never cared about a couple less than Rick Flagg and June Moon. Like, I was like, are we, is this really the driving force right now? Is that you know why? Because you, girlfriend yeah, back? because you don't get, because of the way they handled everything, you don't get any sort of um, sense of, you know, how, how deep they care for each other. Mm-hmm. Because when you first meet him, oh, uh, he like Josh said, love at first bath, and that's what I said actually. Sir. Oh, sorry, I thought it was Josh who said that. But either way, I'll the point the point is made. Fuck you, Cold uh, Sad. <laughs> um, and then you get like you get the scene where they're together in their hotel room and they're you know they're sleeping they're in the same bed. So okay, they're in love together, and then that's it. She's away from him for the rest of the movie. You get no flashbacks, no real anything else to show how much they care for each other and why he's willing to sacrifice all of these people uh, just to get her out of harm's way. Here's a wild idea. May have worked better with uh, about uh, about 27 less characters. This is true. Um, or if they could have done it, the, or if Warner Brothers had uh, any sort of sense of patience and done it the way Marvel did it, where you can introduce these characters as smaller uh, supporting characters in other films so that when they show up in these other movies, you're like, oh yeah, I remember them from Avengers, or I remember them exactly. from Thor. Yeah. You know? And no, also exactly. Katana. Whose <laughs> <laughs> husband is wrapped in a sword. But we get the, this the final set scene, and we get in there. They get there, and there's all this, all this like visual stuff happening. And, it's terrible. And Harley, and Harley asked us, "Are you guys seeing all this magic stuff too?" And they're like, "Yeah, good, because I'm off my meds. I just want to make sure it wasn't just me." Yeah, she's crazy. Waka oh, waka. there's a literally a scene where she smashes a window and steals something. She's like, "What? We're bad guys. It's what we do. It's what we do." But um, but um, bum bum, and they call me bad. <laughs> oh, can we rewrite this as vaudeville? Do you guys? You guys sell merch now, right? Yeah. Yes. They, you should have a shirt that says "You call me bad," or they call me. <laughs> they call us the bad guys. Yeah, that's what it is. And then, and then, waka waka waka, or is that copyright? <laughs> I don't know if that we. I don't know if that's copyright or not. We'll have to look into and that. And it should be in the font of the Suicide Squad logo. <laughs> and then we should have we should have a giant hook trying to take the font out of the shirt. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we, do we, okay, so you know those T-shirts where it's like it's like. Uh, uh, it's like a stack of letters, and it's like I, I saw it at Disney, where it's like Pluto and Goofy and Mickey, and you know what I mean. Right. You know, you know those shirts I'm talking about. I get, yeah, I think I get what you're talking about. You should do that. It should be like Deadshot and Harley and Killer Croc and Flag, and then and dot 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 on the back of the shirt, Katana. <laughs> <laughs> here's and here's Katana, and then a giant picture of Katana on the back. <laughs> 
because so, she's the star. We get another fantastic bit of great line delivery or dialogue given to Will Smith oh, when he's no. trying to curse out Enchantress, and he goes, "Lady, you are evil." <laughs> yes, 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 she is. You know how we okay? So we talked about Snake Eyes as our last movie when we yep. talked about the literal blood money. Yes. There is a scene, so the Enchantress is making everyone kind of uh, hallucinate about, like, what their ideal normal lives would be, and Harley Quinn is literally seen pressing a button that says, normal. Yeah, just to call back to the whole, normal is on a washing machine. But also, like, wow, could you be any more fucking obvious? It's again, David Ayer comes on screen and says, do you see? Do you see what I'm doing? It's fucking genius. Anyway, back to the movie. And that's the end. Yeah, <laughs> back, to the the back to the movie. <laughs> so the big battle, the big uh, big CGI battle, I fucking hated this scene. I'm just, it was terrible. Uh, Diablo, we never really talked about this, but Diablo accidentally killed his family. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Like, the, the, they, the stuff that they introduced with him through the flashbacks about him loving his uh, wife but accidentally killing uh, her and his kids and stuff... His character is very uh, tragic, and obviously he's he's taken up this thing where he's like, I'm not going to kill anybody anymore. He's and he's dead set against uh, you know trying to kill anybody in this movie. So like his character seems like it's like it would be really interesting to see that character explored a bit better than they did in this movie because it's like, oh yeah, there's a guy with fire. Oh yeah, there's a guy with fire. Oh yeah, there's a guy with fire, and that's that's all the treatment he kind of gets in this movie. Well, and also just having him say like Holmes every three words. Right. Cause you got to drive home the fact that he's, you know, a, a gangbanger. Yeah. The skull tattoos and all the other shit on him didn't, didn't the help fact with that. that. He's called El Diablo instead of the devil. The devil. Yeah. I am El Nino. Uh, again, uh, this, this fight, uh, as, as terrible as it, it looked, it was fun to watch it in 3d. I got that's that's my only positive note for this final action set piece. Um, I did note Rick Flag saying this line: "Her heart's out. We can end this." <laughs> no shit. I, I did like how fucking Diablo just kills Gozer's brother by getting him over top of the the bomb spot. Oh, Diablo kills himself. Yes, he was well, sacrifices himself. Yes. Um, and you know, there's a. Uh, Big explosions. Um, surprisingly, June Moon actually makes it out of this thing alive. The Enchantress is killed. And, you know, the happy couple reunites and no one gives a sweet fuck. Harley... No one can defeat the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Kara! Oh, yeah. Be- oh, we should mention because, like, okay, we missed a lot, but it's because there's so much happening in this fucking movie. It's too much. But Amanda Waller got kidnapped. They, that's how Entrance knew where to attack that uh, the government installation. Right. So Amanda Waller Sheriff then Hopper is then just mm-hmm. walks over after because Enchantress is killed and says, "Hey, look, I still got this explosive device thing for in all your heads, and you saved my life, but you get ten years off, like you said." Yeah, Boomerang's got like a, a was it the three three life sentences? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, ten years off that. Okay, thanks. But he's the only one who gets he gets legit screwed. Like everybody else kind of gets something. Like Will Smith or Deadshot gets to, you know, see his his daughter 
and help her with the, her math. Her crime the, math. The hypotenuse <laughs> of death. Um, if I shoot him, a man. You kill him motherfuckers in the head. <laughs> up on a rooftop. You gotta take into the wind... Uh, the curvature of the earth <laughs> and Rick and Rick Flag like a bunch of soldiers coming to take him back to prison Rick Flag's like he doesn't say it but he's kind of like no no just wait this is a sweet moment and then uh, Killer Croc m- gets most his... importantly Croc gets BET BET <laughs> and Harley Quinn gets an espresso machine and then we end with the Joker rescuing Harley Quinn from prison with his Joker branded SWAT gear oh yes and one thing I fuck you movie about this a long time ago, but one thing I really hated about this movie, and it sort of caught on into both comic books, cartoons, video games, other movies, is the term metahuman. Oh yeah, instead I, of superheroes, I hate it. Like even superpowered is better. But it's just such a buzzword to me. Meta, I hate it. I don't know what it is. You know I don't why? know why it bothers Here, me. And here's why: because when you think of something. As being meta, it's like something happening within itself. Like when you watch, when they're watching a show, and they, like you're watching a television show, but then during that show, you were forced to watch another show that happens in that show's universe. It's a very meta thing. Yeah. You know? And that's, it doesn't fit with people being superpowered. No, I don't like it. I don't like the term metahuman, and that's what they refer to them as in the books now, too. And it's like, what? What was wrong with superpowered or uh, too dated? So, joke. So that we hit the credits, and then I wrote, "Oh, good, more." Yes, because we got that mid-credit scene, which sets up Justice League. Wallard had didn't even have anything to do with Justice League either. Yeah, no, nothing. No. But anyway, Batfleck shows up. It's like I'm putting together my own team. Wah! See you in the next movie. Yeah. And then do 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 do. No, then and then Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller was like, um, "This guy's got a mustache. You think you could take that out? Just digitize <laughs> it out because he shouldn't have a mustache. I don't know why he has a mustache." Yeah. So that's Suicide Squad. Holy fuck! Yep. Um, we did. We uh, we talked about this movie for a while, but it was, now that we talked about the movie, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. And we're back. And we're back, yay! Um, so, we talked about this movie a lot, so I think we need to really jump into our, our next uh, section here. Uh, Nathan? Joshua? 
Yes, Brendan. Uh, J- Joshua too. Jo- Joshua. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's here, but I don't. I don't. Um. <gasps> was he not here when we did this last time? He was, but um, he may not have. Uh, do you have a a, a low haiku? A low haiku. Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We don't. We don't. Uh, we don't demand it of people. So, um, but yes, this is where we, uh, we, we brain it up for our, our audiences and put on our best NPR voices and smack our lips a lot uh, and speak directly almost into the microphone, um, like this and, uh, you know, deliver, um, 17 syllables of joy. The Suicide Squad, OMG, Margot Robbie. Will Smith, where art thou? <laughs> snap, 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 finger, snap, finger, snap, finger, snap, finger. Um, okay, here's mine. <clears throat> this is directed more to you, Nathan. <clears throat> you made me watch this, you filthy goddamn bastard. Hmm, apropos title. I, um, I don't feel I had much to do about the movie. At all. Mm, I feel like you made the movie. Mm, no, no. Well, well the, this this morning before, after breakfast, I might have made something similar. Oh dear. That, that uh, is that's a feces joke. That's that's gonna be on our sister podcast. What were they crapping? <laughs> Are we still going to Ant Man today? <laughs> oh, Josh, about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But hey. That that's that's the low haiku, and yep. now that we've told you, we all told you our opinions about this fucking movie. Um, but you know what we say, Nathan? And what's that? Don't take a word for us. Yeah, don't take our word for it. Uh, this did not get very good reviews. Shocking. Uh, critics rating of 27%. The audience, however, 60%. Yeah, because there were there were a lot of uh, teenagers that liked this movie. Um, again, my oldest enjoyed it, so. Well, I mean, it does have its, its fan base for sure. Most of its fan base, I love that they have to, like, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people that like this movie, like really like this movie, have to also hate every Marvel movie. <laughs> like they have to be like part of their review of this. Well, it's better than the fucking Avengers. Ooh, uh, spoiler alert! It is not. I uh, I'm, I'm looking at reviews on IMDb, and one of the titles of one of the reviews is "They're the bad guys." LOL. <laughs> Written by David Ayer. <laughs> well, let's get into this. Um. I guess my first one here I want to read is uh, from Matthew Matthew Raza yeah. at Salon.com. He says, this is a, this pulling is a out positive. Pulling the big gun, Salon.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we always start with the mainstream critics. Uh, yeah. This is the, uh, this is a positive one, but it's, it's kind of worded in a kind of roundabout way. Uh, based on the screening I attended, I can attest that audiences seem to genuinely enjoy the jokes and get swept up in the action sequences. So he wasn't even reviewing the movie, he's reviewing the audience. <laughs> he's like, hmm, people liked it. I guess. <laughs> well, uh, in, in keeping in, in, uh, in, 
I guess, uh, in with the idea of going with our mainstream top critics, uh, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Colin mm. Covert, says, This is what happens when the comic book fanboys have taken over the asylum. It is damaged goods from the get-go. The kind of film grown uh, in a Petri dish in Hollywood. Yeah, see? Yeah. The Petri dish thing is actually pretty appropriate. Yeah, he, he gave because it one and a half stars out of four. It, it feels like a mix of like David Ayer trying to make a Suicide Squad movie and the studio being like, more music, more jokes, right. more <laughs> characters. You think about, you heard about this Katana girl? <laughs> Her husband's trapped in a sword. <laughs> Her books are going to skyrocket with this movie. $300! Uh, this one is from... Uh, and, and Josh, by the way, if you have any IMDb reviews you want to read, just feel free. Um, this one's from Steph Kaza, uh, Aggressive Comics. Um, if DC keeps moving in this direction, they'll get it right. They figured out a great balance between humor and emotion and seriousness and character development. The pieces were all there. Yikes. No, they weren't. Um, I got oh, this should be the Christian Science Monitor. Yeah, Peter Rayner says writer director David Ayer doesn't have the right graphic technique for a comic book uh, style jamboree. He's strictly a noirish pulp guy, and the characters, all of whom are promisingly introduced, fizzle fast. I always find it interesting when we when I check out reviews from the christian science reader or the christian science monitor how they never ever go to the like the fundamental this movie's against jesus i was just yeah i was just (laughs) gonna say that everyone we've ever read has been like oh this film has moments of character development that and it's like never goes to that yeah unless we're just not reading the whole thing one out of ten on imdb titled (laughs) who the hell approved this piece of crap by fred vaird storyline what (laughs) storyline (laughs) <laughs> wasted really good characters literally just threw them in this big pile of crap should have just made the movie about joker and harley quinn perhaps a cameo by deadshot instead of this 123 minute waste of time and money joel kinnaman dot 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 why seriously who the hell put this guy in the movie cliches cliches everywhere ending was good because i got to go home watch that <laughs> ouch watch netflix and forget about this horrible horrible thing Please do not watch this movie at the theater, not even at home. Just make a new movie in your head and pretend this one does not exist. Trust me, whatever you imagine gets an Oscar compared to this thing. Well, little did he know. <laughs> this would get All right. an Oscar. Got an Oscar, yeah. So, now I go into my favorite part of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> These are the audience reviews. Always don't so, look. I, I, was that one an audience review? Oh, this was, sorry, yeah, that was an audience. Was uh, it was IMDb. Out. Okay, so yeah, here we go. Go for it. All right, so this one just this one's. I'll re- there's a very very short one, so I'll just read a bunch in a row here. So this one just says, "I enjoyed the film. Thank you." Um, <laughs> the the <laughs> fuck this one. P.S. This one fuck says, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All the I like. He's I like how you can read that one. Uh, it, with different <laughs> inflections, because it, it was you like, I really love this movie, thank you, or I really love this movie, thank you. Well, it, it literally thank is in all capital letters. <laughs> okay, so, so I, I interpreted that as thank you. Um, this one just says this movie was way too underrated. Ooh, <laughs> what? It's just a weird phrasing though. Way too underrated. 
Like, I was underrated. The damn thing was all over the place that summer. This one says the movie's ridiculously awful. It's like it's like a, a paragraph. I'm not going to read it all, but uh, he gave it a rating of 41 out of 100. Okay. <laughs> I want to know the rubric just like last time. <laughs> Who uh, says 40, that? Is 41, like, is 100 a common movie rating scale? Not usually, no. Uh, Except in a scale between 1 and 100, it'd be 41. He, this, he, he likes nuance, I guess. This movie says, and I'm going to read it with the typos. This movie says, nice movie, do not know why people hate it on this website, Maybury Trollers. Maybury. This one says, uh, Batman scenes were good, five stars. Oh yeah, everybody, Batman was in this movie. (laughs) His his three cameo scenes were good, five stars for this whole fucking movie. And the last one... It, it, it's gonna it's not it's gonna sound sort of normal until i tell you the very end here so it says okay it's really complicated but i really love this movie uh and he gave it one star really loves it apparently <laughs> i really love this movie it's complicated anyway one out of five. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord this is uh from s fist uh <laughs> soggy fist uh, that's the name of the, the site or the publication rain joking and uh says the good news is it's better than batman versus superman i told you the bad news is that's about the best that can be said about it because brendan and i actually had this discussion earlier about you know if this was better or worse than batman versus superman and i made some excellent points about how this one is suicide squad's better because uh first of all you've got um you've got will smith who is trying his absolute damnedest in this movie uh then uh, i again i said i was genuinely intrigued by diablo and of course margot robbie and deadass so i have to say that suicide squad wins hands down and i my say, pants and i'm saying batman versus <laughs> superman only because suicide squad i was more disappointed because of the setup of the movie because of who was in it because of the trailer basically because of everything that came out before the movie led you to believe and it was where be great. i was what led you to believe that it was going to be great i yeah okay and then whereas i went into batman vs superman expecting the worst and i just laughed at it for two hours so i didn't i didn't i wasn't as like let down i just kind of was like this sucks i guess maybe that that might be it then because by the time i got around to seeing it that summer everybody was already taking like a huge dump on it so i was like i wasn't expecting a whole lot going into it so i found this review that is okay so it's a long review. What he does is he rates each character in the movie on a scale of one to ten. Oh my oh, god! But can we then, just get the quick. Can we just but get then the, quick the last paragraph. This, yeah, he's just doing the last paragraph. The last paragraph actually sums it up pretty well. Finally, it wants to be the Avengers. It wants to be Guardians of the Galaxy. It wants to be the Dark Knight. It wants to be Deadpool. But in the end, it was just another DC extended universe film. A ringing endorsement, if ever there was one, which pretty much sums it up. Like it's a, it's a, it's a DC movie. Can, can uh, you don't have to read like each description, but like what do they rate everyone? I'm just curious. Uh, Will Smith's Deadshot, which I actually disagree with, two out of ten. Oof. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's not fair at all. Margot Robbie, seven out of ten. Okay. Uh, Boomerang, six out of ten. Diablo, three out of ten. Amanda Waller, nine out of ten. What? I mean, she's a seven, six, seven. 
Uh, Enchantress. Zero out of ten. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, Abysmal. She uh, can't uh, act. Simple as is. On point. Why she got the job is beyond me. She's monotone. She has no emotion. She just can't act. Stop. Stop giving her parts. She's awful. (laughs) And then it says, plus I heard she's a bitch. Umbrella much? (laughs) Um, Rick Flag, two out of ten. Killer Croc, four out of ten. The last three, the last four characters he reviews all say the same thing about them. Killer Croc, 4 to 10, pointless. Katana, 3 out of 10, pointless. Slipknot, 0 out of 10, pointless. Batman, 0 out of 10, pointless. Just in it so he can be in the trailer and sell tickets. And, and then Joker. <laughs> Joker, 10 out of 10 for disappointing. What? what? Hold on now. Joker, 10 out of 10 for disappointing in every scene that he's in. Why does he get... What? He's, he's being... Facetious. Obviously. He's so bad that he, like, you'd swear he's trying and he gets a 10 out of 10. <sighs> Pointless. Again, only in the trailer to sell tickets. He's weird, he's creeper, but he's not the creep E, but he's not the Joker. He's Scarface with mental problems and a fetish for tattoos. That's a movie I want to see. Unlike Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker, who had a clear plan of just wanting chaos, this Joker's just meh. Take him out in the scenes he's in and it wouldn't change the scene take his scenes out of the movie and it wouldn't change the movie. I would love if they just took him out of the scenes and it's just Harley Quinn talking to no one. Well, it would fit, though, because she's a nut job. I love you, Mr. J. <laughs> cut to a cut to a blank screen. What? <laughs> what you say? I can't do her voice. You say you want a machine gun? Kill them all? <laughs> when I can't do a voice, I just go to the, ah, you say you want a machine gun? <laughs> <laughs> So Edward G. Robinson's your go-to, eh? That's right. Okay. You want to hear? It's like, can you do a? Uh, you do a? <laughs> you do a Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I can do a yeah, Schwarzenegger. See? This is me doing Schwarzenegger. See? Man, hasta la vista, baby. Put the cookie down. Yeah. So, Josh. Yes, I'm. Thank you. You're welcome. For joining us for Suicide Squad. Do you Suffering have anything? Through that again. <laughs> do you have anything to? Uh, to plug like a, a Twitter account or perhaps some sort of media. Uh, do, I have, do I have anything to plug? Yeah. yeah. Have you know what I've been doing with my life since I left like XWA and BPW? No. Do you have Nothing. a Twitter? Do you have <laughs> a Twitter? I got a Twitter. I, it's at the coat Sabulous. Yeah. Do, should I spell it? Uh, it's like fabulous, but K O T S A B. Ulus. Well, that's part of fabulous. Oh, that's true. That is part of fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous, but you take out the F and then you add the Kotsa. Okay, it's t- the K O T S A B U L O U S. Yeah. Okay. S A B U L O U S. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what, though? What? All, all 388 followers of me on Twitter, which isn't a large number at all. They don't like my Twitter. They don't tell me I'm funny. I feel so. That, I think you'll enjoy it. I don't. I, I feel that this exchange might get at least get you a few ironical file followers <laughs> after this. When this, when this, I, I started doing drops. this thing of tweeting like things that that my do I call her a girlfriend, fiance, Jamie? I don't are like you engaged? We are. I just don't like the then word fiance. She's your fiance. But girlfriend is like one step above main squeeze, which doesn't seem right either. <laughs> but I've started. She's your Luna. I started uh, <laughs> tweeting about things that she does lately. Yes, Joshua! <laughs> I started tweeting about things she does lately, and it's like surprisingly getting a lot of uh, attention. Yeah. 
She accidentally threw a bag of popcorn at a girl's face in the movie the other night. How do you accidentally throw a popcorn at someone's head? She's a tiny person. She's got tiny little girly hands. And she went to pick up the large popcorn and she drops everything all the time. She goes to pick up the large popcorn and it somehow slips out of her hand but in a way where she actually propelled it forward and whacked the girl working in the face with a large bag of popcorn. (laughs) It was was beautiful. That's great. Yeah. So the Coat's Abulous, you can read all about how his girlfriend uh, uh, assaults uh, yeah. employees at movie theaters. Don't ever come to Fredericton, please. <laughs> assault and the butters. Uh... See, assault and... Actually, no, better. Assault and buttery. That is butter. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Punching I, it up. Just punching it up. Aside from that, Dad I jokes! I got a Twitter. Nothing really happens on it except making fun of her. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nathan. <laughs> yes. Slugs. Okay. Uh, well, um, apparently uh, he's he's it's actually him this week. So just give me a second. All right. Josh, don't get nervous. Hello. It's your good friend Montrose Monkington the Third here. I've been told that I shouldn't be giving that janitor chap money uh, to read my copy. So I'm here this week uh, to to say, uh, come check out my uh, YouTube channel, uh, Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, I've been on a bit of a hiatus as of late, uh, but uh, hopefully with this the summer, I'm going to get back into the swing of things and uh, start posting my vlogcasts and some more adventures. I got to see some roller derby, and that that was definitely intriguing. And I visited uh, 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 British Columbia, so I will, I will have videos from that as well. Um, you can see that on Montrose Monkington TV on YouTube. Uh, you can also see uh, me on Facebook, uh, Montrose Monkington III Esquire and Friends. And if you wish, you could also follow me on Twitter uh, at Montrose the Third. That's the number three RD uh, on Twitter. I think I have more followers than Josh. Thank you. More later. I think everyone has more followers than Josh. Well, and you know what, guys? I will plug our stuff, and then there's one more thing that I forgot to do, uh, but we'll. It, I think it'll be very easy for us to answer. Um, but yeah, for as far as the podcast goes, what were they thinking? You can also you can obviously find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search WWTT Podcast on both. Uh, we're on Facebook. What were they thinking? We're also we also. Fi- have a Facebook group, What Were They Thinking Interactive, where you can uh, talk about uh, how you follow Josh Coates-Sivazakis now on Twitter. <laughs> Just talk about that. That's all you can talk about. And uh, we also, also obviously, on all the podcatchers, uh, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and we have our YouTube page. So, yeah. We also have merch, redbubble.com slash people slash WWTT podcast. You can get a shirt that celebrates that time we were blocked on Twitter by UV Bowl. Yes. Not Wyoming. Not Wyoming. You should make that shirt that I invented. <laughs> Will you get it? Will you they buy it? They call us the bad guys. Mm. Would I buy it? Yeah. I would expect one for coming up with that genius idea. For- well, <laughs> with Redbubble, we, they don't just send us shirts. <laughs> they sell them off the website, so you'd have to buy. Wow. Yeah. I know you guys are on iTunes. Yep. Yeah. And the Al Jazeera Network. Well, now yeah. I have subscribed. Okay. Whoa. See how advertising works? It's by plugging your stuff? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Would never have thought that. Yo, Brendan, we should start doing that a little more regularly. Like maybe we at the end advertise? of every episode. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Josh. I'm reading your reviews. There's no such thing as a bad movie by Mike Kuglin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, has he ever we been don't on? have time to No, he hasn't. 
Okay. I was thinking so, last night. I was wondering. I meant to ask you that today, actually, if he's ever been on. I can just picture it now. It's like, okay, well, we're going to talk about the scene with Katana and Suicide Squad. And then he'd be like, hey, have you ever been on a plane? <laughs> you know, like, like, you know not, not not a plane, maybe just like a you know a, a zeppelin or a air power dirigible. <laughs> All no, right, so we, we let's get to the so last hold part. On. Here, I hope he listens to this because I'm getting a kick out of this. Oh, he listens, Mike. Who, there's no such thing as a bad movie. Is the title of his review? Then literally the first thing he says, well, actually there is. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> oh, thank you, Coog, for the review. It's thank very you, kind Coog, of you. Yeah. <laughs> So Faithful listener. we have a new rating system here, Nathan, where we can, uh, we can kind of rate the movie that we just, uh, watched. So was this movie, uh, wonderful movie magic in the water? Was it, uh, no poor judgment n- tonight required to enjoy? Or did this movie make you Nick furious? Um, I, I'm going to say, what was the middle one? I don't think that's uh, no poor judge, no poor judgment required to enjoy. Okay, no poor judgment to required to enjoy because all all things being equal, because of how I went into this movie originally, I actually did derive some enjoyment out of it. It wasn't, uh, you know, I do, I wasn't wanting to pluck my eyeballs out. So you're neutral. Neutral. Yep. Okay, Josh. Neutral, chaotic. Actually, I would say I, I'm neutral. There's a lot that bothered me about this movie. I uh, I wouldn't say I liked it. I wouldn't say I hated it. It's just there. I, actually, I, I think before we started recording, I can't remember if it was actually on the on the podcast or not, but before we started recording, I think I said, <laughs> out of all the movies that you guys had me do, this was the one that I could get through the easiest. easiest. Yeah. With the exception of Captain, because Captain America was just funny. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was so bad it was funny. But, like, in terms of actual quality, this is the one that, out of all of them... Like, if you told me you were going to do a long list of movies that sucked, and this one was on here, this would be the one that I think would least belong on the... You know what I mean? Or at least be to, to the top of your picks, because you'd be able to get through it then. Right. Yeah, yes. so no poor judgment night required to enjoy this movie. Okay, well, I'm going to go against both of you and say this movie made me Nick Furious. Okay. And I hated it. So let's... let's uh... That's because so, you're a Marvel fanboy. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about it is, though, like, like being in the middle, like, if someone told me, yeah, you know what, I actually didn't mind it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can see it. But then if someone said I was Nick Furious at it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I understand I why. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get so, it. So now, um, again, thank you, Josh, for coming on the show, talking about Suicide Squad. Me. I'm yeah. at the Alec Baldwin level of appearances. <laughs> yeah. Right, you're up, yeah. Well, you're at the Tom Hanks level. Uh, yeah, he got five because he's got he's got four movies and a minisode. Yeah, so, so five timers but, club. Yep, you got your jacket. It's actually just a scarf. It's all I use her for a penis warmer. <laughs> oh my Jesus! Just, so Nathan, I guess I just have to ask you a, a question. Oh, go, you have a question? Okay, go ahead. I, I I do. I think I do. Right? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, in a movie that spends. 45 minutes of its two-hour runtime introducing characters. Mm-hmm. In a movie where, I mean, every DC character is represented accurately and uh, with plenty of character development. Right. Except not that. <laughs> in, a, in a movie where <sighs> Jared Leto <laughs> is doing the most head-scratchingly awful Joker... 
Mm-hmm. And I just... I... Fuck. Fuck it. What were they thinking? It's time. Let's check our cue, baby. it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes or gratuitous It's time to get busy With your friend Steven At eilfm.podbean.com Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.poppin.com. All of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the defenders, uh, but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> Come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. So I was out with this girl the other night, and she said that she hated Star Wars. Can you believe that? I could top that. My latest date told me he didn't like black and white movies. What? Do you have a movie deal breaker? Is there a film you love so much that if your significant other didn't like it, it would be Splitsville? Well, we're dating hosts Greg and Lauren in an hour podcast, Movie Date Night. We introduce each other to our favorite movies and see if our relationship can survive. And if our partners appreciate the movies as much as we do. Find us wherever podcasts are available and follow us at Movie Date Night on Facebook or Twitter to talk movies with us. 